Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I was driving around with my kids yesterday. We were all over the place. Kids run the OC down in Costa Mesa, over to Costco, over to Tustin Marketplace, over here to church and back home. You know the drill on the weekends, right, with the kids. And so we were driving around, and my littlest one had this song stuck in her head. I'm still standing, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that song? All right. I mean, she must have sang that chorus 50 times in a row, over and over and over and over and over again. And you might be wondering how a four-year-old knows, uh, has a, acquired a taste for Elton John. Uh, but that song has been made popular in the kids' movie Sing, right? For all, all the kids out there, you know what I'm talking about. The kids' movie Sing. And there's a gorilla on the piano, plays that song, I'm Still Standing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she sang that song over and over and over and over and over again. It was kind of, I'm brainwashed with it right now. But as I was thinking about that concept, I'm still standing, yeah, 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 I think it kind of resonates with our hearts and who we are as people. Because none of us really ever wants to be knocked down in life. Whether it's by love, which I think that song is talking about, or some sort of rejection or some sort of failure at school or at work or in our marriage or in our parenting or whatever, we do not want life or whatever comes to us in life to knock us down. We want to be able to stand. We, we want to be able to withstand anything that comes our way. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. We want that, right? I think we want that as individuals. But not only as individuals, I think we want that for our marriages. We want it for our families. We want it for our church. We want it for our life group. We want it for the big church, capital C, Christianity. I know I want that. And I'm part of all those sort of groups, and I want that no matter what comes our way, I want to be able to sing, I'm still standing. I want us as a church to be able to say, we're still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but it seems to me that there are more and more things in life that are trying to knock people off their feet. In fact, we see a rise in our culture today in anxiety and depression in the United States of America. It's on the rise. Things are knocking people off their feet. I've personally felt that sort of increase over the years, over the decades. There are more and more distractions that are trying to knock down our marriages, more and more disruptions that are trying to knock down our families. There are more and more forces that are trying to knock down the church, Christianity even. Christianity has increasingly been attacked over the years. Some of it's our fault, but some of it's not. I think that we felt it in the church. Church with a capital C, the Christian church on earth. But I was reminded this past week that the church is alive, that the church is still well, that the church is, has the power of the Holy Spirit in it, and it's doing things to stand and to withstand the things that are trying to knock us over. In fact, just this past Tuesday, St. John's was invited to be part and to come together with the bigger church in Orange County. Pastor Tim brought our senior ministry team uh, down to Costa Mesa. We gathered there with about 100 other pastors and church leaders in pretty significant churches in Orange County. It was an awesome experience. We gathered down together at Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa. A great, powerful experience to see leaders from so many different uh, denominations, so many different expressions of Christianity come together. And we were together not in competition. We were together not to argue 
fine points about theology or who has the better doctrine. We weren't gathered together to say whose church is bigger and better and who's the better pastor, who's the better leader, who's the better church. But we were simply brought together to be God's people. And the focus was twofold. Be together and be for each other. And the question that was put up was how do we stand together? It was, a, it was an awesome experience. All the pastors and senior minister team were there. We were around different tables. And at my table, we talked about our lives. We talked about our churches. We talked about ministries. We worshiped together. We prayed together. We laughed together. We ate together. And for me, it was a powerful two hours of unity, or as we call it, concordia. You may have heard of Concordia University. That's a Latin word that means harmony. It means unity. Two hours of unity in the church, and it was a huge blessing. I felt the church becoming stronger, more able to stand together. Not because we were awesome, not because those two lead pastors that invited everyone together are, are so great and so powerful and winsome. In fact, it wasn't anything, anything that we did. In fact, that was actually the focus of our gathering together. One of the pastors put this quote from Oswald Chambers up. It's up on the screen. Complete weakness and dependence will always be the occasion for the Spirit of God to manifest his power. Let me read that again. Complete weakness and dependence, trust, belief, faith, will always be the occasion for the Spirit of God to manifest his power. Isn't that statement so countercultural, right? That statement is so counter. In fact, as you read it, as you look at it, part of you might begin to shudder a bit. I mean, as Americans, we look down upon weakness. We look down upon dependence. That's been our whole theme these past five weeks with this More Power series. As we go through the book of Ephesians, we've been looking at, we've been challenging these notions of power. And again, it happens today. St. Paul says it a little bit differently in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. He says these words, finally, be strong. Be strong in the Lord. And in his mighty power. He's saying be strong, not on your own, but by the Lord. But our culture and even ourselves, we like the idea of living on our own, right? We want to be strong because of something we did, something we accomplished, something inherently within us that makes us better than other people. We want to live on our own power. St. Paul is saying be strong in the Lord, in his mighty power. And I'm telling you, if you live a life relying upon your own power, it usually doesn't go too well. When you live life on your own power, one of two things happens usually. One, you'll just get completely knocked over and you will be defeated. Or two, you will live a life of self-deception. You will be deceived about who you actually are. You'll think you're better than you actually are. You think the world revolves around you. You close your eyes to the so many different realities that are out there in the world. You begin to create your own narrative and world that is defined by you at the center of the universe. You begin to exclude people that don't fit into that story. You include only those who lift you up and you use people for your own ends. And then in the end, that sort of self-deception is defeat. That's what it's like to live life on your own power. St. Paul says, be strong, but be strong in the Lord. Be strong in his mighty power. And he tells us how to do it. He uses a metaphor that was very common at the time because there were Roman soldiers all over the place. 
And so he's sort of talking about armor. They knew Roman soldiers. They knew armor. And so in verse 11, he says this. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. You see, St. Paul reminds us that the attacks that are on our lives, the attacks on our marriages, the attacks that are on our families, the attacks that are on our churches, they're not just surface-level things. They're not just two human beings coming together. They're not just sort of coincidental incidents in the world. He's saying that there's something more at play here. There's a spiritual component. And so Paul is encouraging us to tap into the supernatural power of God. But how do we do that? How do we put on the full armor of God? I was talking to my friend James this past week, and he reminded me of these things that we carry around all the time, these little cell phones, right? They're not really phones anymore, are they? I mean, how often do you actually talk on this thing, right? But we carry these things around. We have these little sort of things, right? We plug them in. We have even batteries. We have power that take, we take with us. So that we can keep these things charged up. We charge them up. We plug them up. We, put, we, we charge them in the morning. We charge them at night. We put them in the car. We charge them at work. We're constantly plugging them in because they need power. He's telling me how important it is for him in his life to plug in, to get charged up. And specifically, he was talking specifically about coming to church, connecting to God. Connecting to God's people, plugging into God, plugging into God's people. It's a solid charge to orient your week in the right direction. St. Paul takes the metaphor a little bit further on how the power to stand, how to put on this full armor of God. In verse 14, he says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, St. Paul, he isn't telling us that we have to literally be militant Christians and to go out there and somehow be violent for the sake of Jesus. He's saying put on the armor of God. It's a metaphor. He's saying that we have power to stand, and that power has to do with God. It has to do with plugging into him, charge, getting the charge from him, getting the power from him. And he's saying that power looks like truth. It looks like righteousness. It looks like peace. It looks like faith. It looks like salvation. It's the word of God. All of those things are given to us in certain environments, environments where the Holy Spirit works. And that's right here. We use the words connect, grow, and share a lot. That connect and grow part, connect to God in worship, that's an environment where the Holy Spirit comes and fills us up, charges us up, powers us up. We talk about growing together. We do that in our life groups, relationships with other Christians. We get charged up. We get powered up by that. We get so charged up, so filled, 100%, 110%. Our batteries get so lined up that we want to go out and empower and charge up other people's lives. 
We get so pumped up, so charged up that we end up dispensing truth. We end up bringing righteousness. We end up bringing peacemakers. We end up giving faith to others. We end up bringing salvation like we did to our little ones in the gift of baptism this morning. We end up speaking the word of God. We become empowered to stand, to, as we call it here at St. John's, share Christ. Sometimes we share Christ with our words, with words of prayer, by praying to others. St. Paul says it in verse 18. He says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pretty powerful week of prayer for me personally. I mean, Tuesday was a great time of prayer. Thursday was the national day of prayer. We gathered right over here at the at the pole at City Hall. We had pastors and Christians from the city of Orange gathered together, and we were praying. We were praying for the nation. We were praying for the city. We were praying for the homeless. We were praying for students. We were praying for families. We were praying for the lost. We were praying for all sorts of things, all sorts of things beyond our walls, beyond ourselves. And it was powerful. Just the other day, one of our, my colleagues here on staff, we were talking about a family just going through, powerful, uh, going through a powerful struggle in their life. I said, let's pray about it. We bowed our heads and we prayed by the power of the Holy Spirit that God would intervene into this family's life and bring his power in there. Sharing Christ with others. St. Paul continues in verse 19. He kind of gives us an orientation for the power of prayer. First of all, he says, pray also for me. It's okay to ask for prayer for yourself, but look what the prayer is for. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am right now an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. You see, a lot of times we want power in our lives to stand, to withstand the bad stuff that comes our ways. But the Apostle Paul is teaching us here that we also have power to stand for something. Paul was actually in prison, in chains, but his prayer wasn't that the chains would be taken away. His prayer wasn't anything to do with himself in the sense that he did not want prayer for him to have power to stand up and break the chains of injustice against him. His prayer was for power, for courage, to fearlessly stand up and tell others about the mysterious, he uses that word, mysterious gospel, the mysterious good news of Jesus Christ. We learned about that mysterious gospel, that that power for peace a few weeks ago. when We talked about the power of peace, the gospel of Jesus for unity. The gospel of Jesus bringing together groups that are never together in the world. Unity between Jews and Gentiles. Unity between male and female. Unity between slave and free. All of that unity under the lordship of Jesus Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit working in the church in our lives as the body of Christ. Jesus is, was, and will always be the leader of the biggest unity movement in the history of the world. Unity. Power to unite. Power to stand, power to stand together. You see, all these words aren't written in the singular. They're all written in the plural. Paul is saying, you as the church put on the full armor of God. 
You as the church put on peace. You as the church put on righteousness. You as the church put on truth and faith and salvation and the word of God. You as the church put that into your lives. You have the power to stand. Unity and power in the church, in the world, in your marriage, in families, in your own life, in the workplace. That power, my friends, it never comes from within us. It always comes from God. It always comes from the Holy Spirit. It always comes from Jesus. St. Paul, he struggled with this. Oswald Chambers, that quote I gave, he really just took that from St. Paul. St. Paul had a big-time struggle in his life, and people, people you know, make a lot of guesses about what it was, but we don't know. He struggled with something. There was something in his life that was kept on trying to knock him down. He had no control over it. And then he writes these words, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Jesus said to me, he says, he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Or as my little one would sing, I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. We have the power of the resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. His spirit is within us. We are alive, and we will stand for eternity. We will be able to sing. We're still standing. Not because of us, but because of God in his son, Jesus Christ, granting us his power, his power to stand. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 has been our theme for the whole series, Power of the Resurrection for Our Lives. It's a word of doxology. Why don't we stand together? And I'd like to read these words together. And not just read them, but to pray them, to confess them from our heart. I'd like to invite the band up as we get ready to sing what we believe in. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We confess these words together. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.